Welcome to Wild Women. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Eileen and she's living in Winnipeg right now. Um, but she's going to join us to talk about mental health and her experience, experiences with sexual abuse. Um, so Aileen, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we ask a question or two? Yeah, sure. Um, so like you guys said, I'm in Winnipeg. Um, I'm a new mental health advocate, like new into the community. I just um, started becoming an advocate about a year ago when I was um, on my school campus. There was an opportunity to, sh to share your mental health experiences and um, I decided to do that and then from there I just got more involved with the community. Awesome, awesome. Okay, um, so what experiences are you willing to share that have expired, inspired you to become a mental health advocate? Mm -hmm. um, I listened to one of your guys' videos and both of you talk a lot about like personal experience mm -hmm. and I think that's huge. I think that's like the driving force for my passion. Um, both with like my own personal mental health experiences and just um, with my family and close loved ones who I've seen go through the system and go through like different illnesses. Um, but I guess what was the big movement for me and like shift into the community was um, I was sexually assaulted back in 2013 when I was traveling and couch surfing Europe. Um, so I went through trial after seven years and it was like a very long process. And I think going to trial really like fueled my passion for like having a voice and like how a voice can actually like, you know, um, it always matters and you can really fight with your voice. So I think that's the driving force behind my advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think you could elaborate a little bit more on the sexual abuse trial? I know mm -hmm. it was basically like an international trial, right? Like people were yeah. globally. Yeah. So, um, in 2013, I was traveling with a friend and are you guys familiar with couch surfing? I yes. heard about it. Yeah. So in case like some viewers aren't familiar, it's, um, when you join like an internet community of travelers and you can stay with hosts for free. Um, and the whole thing there is that it's other like-minded people who love traveling and, you know, you cook them meals from like your country um, to show thanks instead of paying them. And then the hope is that when they travel, you'll host them. So it's a cool idea, but like, um, there's always risks there. Mm -hmm. And so we stayed with a man named Maglio. Um, he was a police officer, actually. Um, and we stayed two nights. The first night, you know, he was being quite um, aggressive with us, as in, like, mm -hmm. trying to, you know, can, like, pressure us into drinking and stuff. But nothing quite happened significantly that night. Um, we were like a little worried because, you know, he, he did try to go into, um, there was four of us girls. So he tried to go into the other two girls room, but the second night, um, he drugged us and years later we found out it was with like lorazepam and wine. Um, and we all passed out completely and I woke up twice 
both in the morning once it was like very brief and I just saw him like lying there in bed with me and my friend and then the second time I woke up he was walking out in his underwear so yeah and um I reported it on his couch surfing profile to warn other girls and like within like I don't even know like a couple minutes I had several girls being like the same thing happened to me the same thing happened to me so one of those girls um she was very like headstrong in a very inspirational way and she kind of took the reins and she was like can you give me a list of all the names of the girls who messaged you if they're okay with it um from there she got in touch with IRPI which is like it stands for investigative reporting pro IR project Italy. <laughs> oh, it was in Italy. Yeah, yeah. So it was like an investigative um, journalism team. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't help from the cops at all. So they kind of released all of our stories. They really believed us and like could see how much we needed the help. And then they provided us with free lawyers. And uh, we all flew back to Padova where it happened and fought in court. So the, you said the whole process took seven years. Yeah, seven years. Was there a lot of like back and forth between the countries? Um, yeah, so me and my friend reported it in Austria and like literally the police there um, victim blamed us. So they were like, why would you couch surf? Mm -hmm. And then their next question was like, shouldn't you know it's dangerous? And then their next question was like, why did you, why didn't you report in Italy? And we're like, he's a police officer. Like, we're going to go in and like tell all his friends, like, we, we don't trust the system after this, but we trust another country system, we thought. And they told us they couldn't do anything for us because we weren't Austrian citizens and the crime didn't happen in Austria. Mm. So I reported it to the Winnipeg police they basically said, do you have a lawyer? I said, no, like at the time I didn't, because I didn't trust IRPI. I didn't know who they were. Mm. Um, so I said, I didn't like an international lawyer is so expensive. And they said, well, you know, if you don't have that, there's not much we can do for you. Um, so yeah, but then um, we went back and forth with IRPI for seven years. They got us to write like witness statements. They got us to scan our passports for our identity. Um, they got in touch with a public prosecutor free of charge. And yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, now coming back from something like that and like um, reclaiming your own identity after mm -hmm. must have been, you know, difficult itself, like, and then having to like live through that trial after it had already happened. It must have been like, reliving the experience again what kind of things did you like adopt or like um begin in your routine to try and like maintain mental clear clarity awareness and basically maintain a positive state of mind during all that i appreciate you even say that because i feel like um even though it was so long ago i feel like my own self guilt for being like, why am I like not over it? But the thing is like, it's a trauma. It stays with you. It's mm -hmm. ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
for me, um, I'm really bad with routine, honestly. Like I go for walks every day to get that like peace and calm. But what really helped me was going for professional help um, and going to like group therapies, individual therapy. Um, I ended up in the psych ward um, for a little while. So all that help gave me a routine and made me check in with myself and my emotions and my behaviors and actions and how I process the trauma. So I think for me personally, I just needed that guidance. I needed the professional help. And I think a lot of people can benefit from professional help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what kind of tools did they give you? Like if there was like one or two things that you think were like the most beneficial for you, um, what would they be? Ooh, that's hard. Um, something that I was like, it's an ongoing learning for me is boundaries. Um, so I think I mentioned to you guys, like I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, um, just uh, about like last October. Um, and that can be brought about by either childhood trauma or um, significant trauma as well. Or you can just be more susceptible and, you know, be born with like the di the illnesses, the diagnoses. But um, um, so just like learning healthy boundaries, people who have um, borderline personality disorder tend to um, have issues around boundaries. So I'm an over helper. Mm -hmm. um, I get very involved in my family's life. Um, and if you're a close friend going through something, um, especially a trauma or a crisis, because I think I have had them in my life, I'm like, oh, I've been through this, I know what to do, but like, I'm not a professional and it's not in my control. Mm -hmm. So I think them teaching me about boundaries and like how to have healthy boundaries, how to know what's in your control and what's out of your control and um, have time for yourself and how do you like step away from a crisis and realize like there's not, yeah, basically that you can't control it. So boundaries and control, I think, mm -hmm. really helped me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you tend to be very involved with like family and close friends. Um, how has that impacted your mental health? Um, I guess I can see both sides to it. Um, when I wasn't doing well, I wasn't in a position to help, even though I tried to. Um, and part of why I'm so into mental health is because I have family members who um, have severe illnesses, such as like severe depression and addictions. And I've had uncles who've committed suicide. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of seen that. And um, so when I wasn't doing well, um, seeing them go through a difficult time, um, it did impact me negatively because a lot of the situations that arise were crisis situations. Um, so with my behaviors of trying to be in control of everything, I thought I could control the crisis. Mm -hmm. So when I wasn't doing well, it impacted me worse. 
but now that I'm like healing and I would say I'm the best I'm doing since all of this has happened, um, I've had a lot of positive support from my family and I have given them positive support because we see each other grow and we see each other get the help that we need. There's a lot of myth around sexual assault and um, the system victim blames all the time. And like you said, um, like trauma impacts your body. Like it, it's so intense that it can change your DNA. Mm-hmm. So how were you able after to cope with that victim blaming. Yeah, I'm happy you actually mentioned that because that is so true. Um, A lot of people can be like, yeah, it impacts you a lot, but like it's happened so long ago, but it does change your DNA. Um, I actually went for a study um, where it was a part of bringing this uh, type of therapy into Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. So it was with students from the University of Manitoba and healthcare professionals. And they did a scan of um, our brain Mm -hmm. to see the effects before and after therapy. So um, things I learned in that therapy was, um, it wasn't quite cognitive behavioral therapy. Is it like DBT? um, No, that's what I'm doing right now. So it was like for complex, it was for complex PTSD, but it was a CBT kind of model. So they looked at um, and made us reflect on our thoughts, our behaviors, Mm -hmm. and um, the negative and positive um, behaviors we have to that and how our thoughts really are ingrained to how our body feels, like when you feel disgusted, your stomach has butterflies, Um, when you're mad, you clench your jaw, that affects your muscles and your shoulders and like... And then how you can change those thoughts, like how to challenge those thoughts. So I really like uh, positive affirmations. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but they would give us worksheets where you had to write down all your thoughts. So before I would be like, oh, I'm unworthy. I feel dirty. And I felt all these things because of what I went through. And then they would make me change that. And I thought it was like the cheesiest thing ever. I was like, this isn't going to work. And then I'd have to write, I'm worthy. Um like for I'm dirty I would say like I'm beautiful or I'm innocent or something like that and like I'll show you I have like positive affirmations written down (laughs) so like every day I read them and then when I truly believe something I take it off and then I write a new one yeah but they did a lot of cool exercises that like it would take forever to go through all of them but that was one that stood out for me I love it such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about borderline personality disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite new to me. Like, I'm still learning about it myself as I'm going for treatment. Um, but yeah, it's a very complex personality disorder. Um, a lot of it deals with like avoidant behavior. Um, fear of abandonment real or imagined so it could be real abandonment in your life or it could be like I feel like you know my significant other I don't have one but like if I had one my significant other is gonna leave me or you know a close friend is gonna leave me um 
and then you act out rashly to that. So it's like an emotional dysregulation mm -hmm. and it's very extreme highs and lows. Like there's a book called Walking on Eggshells and I Hate You, I Love You. Mm -hmm. And those are both about like borderline personality disorder. Like it's very black and white disorder. Yeah, they call it um, splitting. So like, interesting fact, like I, I wasn't ever diagnosed with it um, because I was too young to like get diagnosed and I went through DBT oh, and no. it helped me so much. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, like I'm doing so much better now thanks to therapy. Yeah, yeah. I love the DBT program. Like mm -hmm. it, it saved my life. Yeah, exactly. And it's super intense, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about DBT a little bit? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So there's... Um, what does DBT stand for? Let's start with that. <laughs> okay. It stands for Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so there's like, it's from Monday to Friday, every day for five weeks. Um, because the hospitals don't have their in or like their day hospital up and running like we can't go in it's via zoom um and then it's for an hour and a half every day which seems like it's not a lot but it's so emotionally draining that it like consumes you you have a lot of homework too and the modules that we learn there are goal setting anger management self-esteem um communication and assertiveness and the last one rational emotive therapy and then they also um every thursday and friday do harm reduction and um mindfulness so another trait of borderline personality is that there's a lot of um self-harm inflicted yeah yeah and um, one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't understand is that self-harm can man manifest in a lot of different actions, right? Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Not just cutting yourself. It could yeah. be pulling out your hair. It could be over-exercising. It could be not <laughs> eating enough. It could be, you know, like there's so mm -hmm. many different. And yeah. Um, yeah, for like a lot of the time, like people who do have borderline personality disorder, even if they do go through type of the type of therapy that you're going through they may have to do like a different type of therapy combined with it depending on what type of self-harm is with their borderline personality disorder yeah so it can get really really complicated right yeah yeah definitely yeah and even more if you put into consideration the fact that you have cptsd yeah because that's also difficult to treat if you only have one kind of therapy yeah mm -hmm. yeah and like sarah said like there's been some times where i've done two therapies at the same time and then other times where they're like no we're just focusing on one mm -hmm. so yeah how do you feel about um your self-growth during this experience and how would you describe like your mental health now um, I would say my mental health is the best it's been since um, the sexual assault. I suffered with um, depression and anxiety when I was younger, um, but it was much more in control than it got when I was an adult. 
Um, and I would say self-growth has been like transformative. Like, um, I believe I'm a stronger, more confident person. It's given me um, passion towards being a feminist and an advocate. And yeah, I, I feel like that it's, it's really helped my self-growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the therapy and the professional help that is. Yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of things do you do as a mental health advocate? You mentioned that there's something in school that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a group called Peace of Mind at the University of Manitoba. Um, so they're for um, advocating for mental health resources and um on campus, sorry. And um, I've done two talks with them. Um, I've done a talk to a college here at, um, or in Winnipeg um, for support workers. Um, So they just wanted to Mm -hmm. learn more about diagnoses and like personal experiences. I volunteer with Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. Um, which has really helped me. I used to go there for myself and then I like fell in love with the organization and started volunteering. Yeah, I've had a few like interviews like this. Right now I'm working on a project with um, a friend for uh, Manitoba's 150 Youth Ambassador Program. So it's going to be on sexual assault. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Who would you say are some of like your biggest supporters, like the most important people in your life, like when it comes to um, maintaining a good state of mind and um, your mental, emotional, and even physical health too? Mm -hmm. I definitely say like hands down my brother. Um, He's my younger brother. He has gone through some experiences himself and we both really help each other out and we both have received professional help where um we can keep each other on track yeah that's good and how do you make sure not to get triggered because sometimes I feel when you're close with someone that's also struggling sometimes that can really again comes back to boundaries right yes definitely so for um to not get triggered I definitely enforce my boundaries more way more than I used to um I practice mindfulness yeah, so mindfulness, um, enforcing boundaries. Um, for some triggers, I have just stopped being like toxic um, behaviors that I became aware of through therapy and cut out toxic relationships in my life. So before mm-hmm. drinking was a big problem for me. Um, and I still enjoy my glass of wine and um, all that, but I won't get drunk anymore. Um, going to a bar, having like men hit on you while you're drunk, um, that's a huge trigger for me. Yeah. Would make sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've actually read a very interesting book, and the name of it is Triggers. Oh. Um, and it's interesting because the author is actually a business coach and he works with very very successful people on their adult behavioral problems but it's not always like something they need um like psychologist type therapy for it's 
just learning how to interact with people in a positive way. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, these type A personality people are cons can be their interpersonal skills aren't always on par with their successes, right? Yeah. Um, but this author, one of the things that he really focuses on is our environment and how every day the our own environment is going to come up with triggers and we have to be aware of them and we have to be aware of the risk of them arising and then already having some type of plan be able to reverse the effect of those triggers right mm -hmm. um and a huge part of that is structure so that's why like so many of these self-help help self-help books and like uh therapy and so on that's why they're so catered to a routine because yeah. the more there is st structured the less a trigger is going to trigger you right because you're aware of what's going to happen throughout the day and what you have next yeah and i think that's kind of what therapy does it gives you like kind of immunity yeah it's actually um really neat that you say that because um i was really scared to go into dbt and i was like i might not be ready like what if a crisis in my life happens because you never know when you know something can happen and they're like, the thing about therapy and DBT is you're in it Monday to Friday. There's not a lot of room for outside life. Like, and then on the weekends I work. So there's not a lot of room for me to, um, I don't know, have things come into my life um, where I'm going to be focusing attention on it. Mm. A lot. Yeah. And like, you know, that everything that is taking up a lot of your time is positive, right? Like it's. Mm -hmm helping you mentally and physically get healthier. Yeah. So is there any advice that you could offer anyone who's either struggled with sexual abuse or mental health issues that you could explain? Yeah, um, I think a big problem with mental health um, help is the expense attached mm -hmm. to it. So it's really expensive to get a psychologist but there are a lot of free resources that people don't know their cities provide. So for example, in Winnipeg, we have a place called Clinic that's completely free. It has sexual assault counselors, mental health counselors, addiction counselors. Um, so I would say just like, there is help out there for everybody. Like you might feel like you're alone in it, but there are other people who've struggled with the same disorder, illness, um, struggles and pain as you have so you can find the right fit I think it's hard to find the right fit at times and at times I have had to leave um, a psychologist or a counselor because I didn't feel comfortable with them or I didn't feel like I was improving but you have to not give up and you have to just be like okay like there is some type of help out there that can mm -hmm. and help me you know what advice would you give to someone that's scared of going to therapy? Um, I would just be really real with them because I would appreciate that. Like, it is scary. Um, I hated therapy when I first went to it. I thought it was, like, the cheesiest thing ever. I was like, how is this going to help me? Um, but I think you have to give it, like, a good few sessions for you to really start to see something, like, 
I don't know, it, it took me almost like two months before I believed it was starting to get better. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I went because I was like, well, I'm on my last thread. Like, what else am I going to do? Well, thank you. Thank you so, so, so much um, for agreeing to do this and being so open. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have had similar experiences or just needed to hear from somebody who's been through it all and who's making the right choices in terms of making themselves better. I love your guys's uh, podcast, and I think what you guys are doing is amazing work. Thank you. Um, was there anything else you would like to add? Just like encouraging people to get help was the main message, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.